All right. Well, welcome back to It's a Guy Thing podcast, and uh, welcome to our new listeners, hopefully, and our now veteran listeners. Uh, we'd like to welcome you to the show. I'm Rick. I'm Michael. And I'm Mario. And uh, I think it's been too long, so let's get it on. Okay, so for a blast to the past, uh, Kurt Cobain is in the news again, even though the guy's been dead for how long now? Let's see, 94, 20 years, 20 years exactly, pretty much. April 8th, I think. Um, and yes, I'm a huge Nirvana fan, and I was a huge Kurt fan, so I knew that off the top of my head anyway. I didn't have to research that. But point being, recently in the news, uh, I think Seattle PD released, uh, I think at the behest of some media company, of course, um, they released a letter that Kurt had written or rather, not a letter, but a rewritten vows to Courtney, and he had it in his wallet, basically saying that she was pimple-faced and that she was draining all of his money for drugs. And uh, so 20 years later, some people are given a different view of, of their marriage and everything. Um, I've always been of the camp that she was responsible, and uh, we can dive into a little bit of conspiracy theory. I've always been also of the camp that it was not a suicide, which I know mm. is not a very popular belief, but... Um, after seeing several documentaries and hearing about all the different things that have come out because since then. Kurt was secretly a government <clears throat> spy and no. they needed to take him out no because oh. Courtney Science. because he was going to leave Courtney and does, he was going to take Francis Bean does Courtney seem like somebody that could organize a cup of coffee <laughs> let alone something like that that's true that's the only thing that goes against the the whole theory but the idea that somebody had come forward and said, hey, Courtney paid me to kill Kurt, and then the next day that the documentary people went to go talk to him, he had been hit by a train. Kind of interesting. The know. guy? The guy that said that? Yeah, a big, giant, fat dude that was like, oh, she paid me to kill him, and I said no. Or he couldn't just he couldn't get <laughs> off the tracks in time because he was fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. Dive into, dive into consp- <laughs> conspiracy <racist>. theory. <laughs> okay. Dive into conspiracy theory, okay. and, you know, that so, looks strange. So... Um, yeah, so oh, that's interesting. I, that's the first I've really heard you mention that at, at length. Why do you Why do you think it's a conspiracy? Um, I think, and this was, I, my thoughts haven't changed much, much since 1994. So my information, like I've never really gotten too deep into it to the point where I can be like, this is exactly how I feel today. Mm-hmm. But how I felt in '94. So 14 year old Mario. <clears throat> so 14 year old Mario. Sorry, 26 year old Mario. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> he, he died when I was in high school, man. Right. Like freshman, freshman, freshman year. year. Uh, yeah, freshman year. So um, the thoughts back then were that he was going to leave her because he was trying to not be a drug addict anymore. He was trying to quit. Things were preventing that from happening, whether it's the relationship with her or whatever. From everything that I had seen, he loved his daughter. And he probably saw that she was poison for his daughter and he was going to take her and she found out he was going to take her, and she hired somebody to off him. Mm-hmm. Some Did, of the, didn't, didn't he like overdose like a couple of weeks before, like in Rome though? Yes. Well, he no, he was he. Yeah, I think he did, but and then he went into a treatment facility and then he ran away. So there's a whole bunch of other stuff that went on during that time that could either have been, you know, maybe she was helping him pump all that junk in his his system, or maybe he was, you know. Well, ver- and, and I'm not verif- going to say he's not a drug addict. Verify that his uh, drug issues and medication issues were pain related to. Stuff in his scoliosis, and all that? scoliosis and stomach issues. Okay, he had both. So I mean, I mean that's the other that's the other part of that aspect. 
Um, but even like barring all of that and just going straight for the the aspect that she had him off. Right. But why so even that way kill she him? Could... Like, if, even if she had, I'm assuming, divorced him, they probably didn't have like a prenup. Chances are she would have got a ton of money anyways. True. But, I mean, divorced, okay, so she got a ton of money, but she doesn't control the estate. She doesn't control the music like she does now, mm-hmm. which has prevented uh, Kirsten Novoselic and Dave Grohl from doing anything Nirvana-related as far as releasing more mm-hmm. material or re-releasing mastered versions or remastered versions or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's that aspect. To me, one of the, the most blatant in-your-face kind of things that I guess maybe a lot of people didn't analyze, but when a whole came out with, uh, when Courtney Love came out with uh, Celebrity Skin, mm-hmm. even lyrically speaking, I came here with your pound of flesh. I mean, that's, I don't know, if you're if you're looking for conspiracies, you're yeah. going to find them. So like I, she's, I con- she's confessing in her <laughs> album while right. the producer and engineers were recording and listening to it. They're and, like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> Imagine I, I don't share the view that she killed him, um, but I could certainly see why she had the burden of uh, of his death on her hands. I mean, because her a big part of her celebrity was because of that. Mm-hmm. And I imagine even as a sh- kind of shitty person that she appears to be from our perspective, um, I could see where she'd be carrying the guilt of that and realizing that her star is a little bit brighter because of her associating with it, association with him. Right. Um, I mean, cause before, you know, um, uh, that album came out, right. The live through this album, like the one before that wasn't really a big deal no, anyways. No, it wasn't. And they lived through this album, which came out like the week after he died or something like, yeah. I mean, even, I mean, that's a conspiracy too, that like he wrote, yeah, most exactly. Of that album that's anyways, or she stole it from him or whatever. I mean, so either way, like, I mean, I, I I would imagine there's some complicity. I think if you have two drugged out musicians living in the house together, more than likely their their compositions are going to cross, and they're going right. to share stuff and share ideas. I mean, I mean, she's not, from what we understand, at least, like she's not the most accomplished of writers. I mean, like that Celebrity Skin album, which I like more than Live Through mm-hmm. This, was co-written by Billy Corgan. Right. So I mean, so there you go. And it was, I mean, it was a completely different album. It's glossy. That's when she was doing like her Hollywood like post Larry mm-hmm. Flint thing, you know? Um, but it's interesting. Like I, 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 it's interesting that it, you know, it's like anything else. It keeps popping up. It's like, you know, like the, uh, Jim Morrison thing where people like still kind of like, hang on to that. Well, well, you know, no one ever saw his body and we don't know if he's really dead. And like Elvis yeah. got abducted by aliens and Kurt Cobain's living without a head somewhere, you know, <laughs> like whatever, you know? Like, well, okay. So, so covering the head aspect, I mean, he was not a tall person. How can a not so tall person blow their own head off with a shotgun? I'd use his toe, big toe. Which he was wearing his chucks. Right. Which you you guys yeah. know you can't fit a chuck. Yeah, but head into the. But it's just. I, what, well, what do you mean though? What is the what does his height and a shotgun have to do with with it? Arm length. Like the, he says arm length not being to be long able to pull the trigger to, by himself. You haven't seen Full Metal Jacket. Yes, I've seen Full Metal Jacket, but still. But you can also six two millimeter and multiple and multiple handwriting styles. Hello, Joker. I am in a world of shit. You can probably never mind. It's probably best not to promote how. Yeah, how? But 
I mean, I, I also like, I think we talked about conspiracy theory a while back as well. And it's always something that's, it's fascinating to explore right. all angles of everything. You, you right. know, you try not to, I try not to live just looking at everything through, through one lens. But, um, yeah. And like I said, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm feeding into it. I'm not exactly saying that I agree with every single aspect of it or anything like that. But if you were to follow that trail, you know, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's perfectly, this leads to, it's, I mean, this it's goes back plausible to it. in the sense that we, you know, it, it's easy enough to see that she, either way she would benefit from his death. Uh, certainly, you know, just logistically speaking or like realistically speaking, like she had more to gain from him being dead than him being alive. Like you said, because right. if at any point in time he got clean and realized that he, he was, was out. gross. He could Which I easily, think, I think, happened. you know, he could have left her, but he wasn't clean. I mean, that, that, that that's where that's kind of like the speculation part is because like the guy wasn't clean. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's a fact. So yeah, you, it's hard to say, well, he would have got clean and he would have done this and this and this and this, but she stopped him from getting clean. But it's like he was high when he supposedly killed himself. Well, that's the other so, thing is that they said that there was so much heroin that it could have killed three people. Right. So why so, would you shoot yourself if you're already? How would he have been able to even do it if he was already that high? Who knows it? That's the thing. That's the idea is that blow so the head somebody, off first and so then load him full of drugs to make it look him. like right. As they say, he was suicided. I think, and and here's where my part of the conspiracy, my own personal but why not, dedication why not, why part not, of the experience. That's 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 the thing. Oh, go ahead. Imagine I'll, this. I'll come back. Go Imagine ahead. this. This this is my part that like I I just enjoy it just from the the sheer fact of I in 1994 was very upset that they had added on Pat Smear. Uh huh. That Nirvana needed a fourth person at all just broke my heart. Why? So just because, I mean, it was just the idea of it's a three-piece. It's always, for for all intents and purposes, in most of its incarnations, it had been a Mm three-piece. And that's all that they needed, and that's all that was necessary. And it was the fact that I enjoyed that they were able to create that sound while only being a three-piece. But we were talking about this earlier. I mean, Mike were talking about this very specific thing earlier. Um, Smells like Teen Spirit was is, overdubbed is with it, multiple guitars. Yeah, they no, needed, never mind. They needed itself, to be able to recreate that live. Yeah, because I, I was telling Mike, I said, there's nobody that we know of, as far as I know, that ever saw them live. So I was telling him, yeah. like, I was using an example, like I saw System of a Down live once, and they only have one guitarist live, like the main the guitarist. And they don't have a second guitarist, and it sounds very, very, like, mm, empty. empty. And they can't do a lot of this stuff. They just kind of have to just, you know, wing it. And. I, I was asking Mike, it's like, I assume that's how Nirvana sounded live before Pat Smear. You know, you figure, like, mm. per- perfect example, Smells Like Teen Spirit, where you bring in the lead, and you realize, looking back now, like, listening to that song, you hear the lead, but there's still, like, probably three or four guitars playing over top of that, as well as the bass, as well as the drums, and live, it probably didn't sound anything like that. Actually, I have a very large collection of Nirvana live stuff, and it still sounded like a ball of sound. I think largely in part to Chris Novoselic's bass playing, it filled it filled that range that it didn't necessitate that extra yeah. guitar. So and, and I and I can understand you know and I definitely agree it was overdubbed, but that that upset me. Yeah. So I probably this part of the conspiracy in my head is probably largely due to that and me seeing him as somebody that wasn't exactly famous either like her, mm-hmm. like Courtney and was like oh I'm gonna come on like a leech but he was from a and be a, a, a well, know, like a cult punk band but, right well exactly known, though like, an underground cult punk band how much money do those guys make yeah. for you know granted they've you know had they have their place of course but the idea that this guy comes in and is like i'm gonna start i'm, I'm a, the fourth member of nirvana i'm this important now i am one quarter of this mm-hmm. and that's just how it's gonna be so what if courtney says hey pat 
you want to be famous? Help me kill him. Go to his house. He's suicidal. He's not feeling good. Go to his house. Help him along. <laughs> okay. Not but, not saying that that's right. probable but, but then, or, or, but then, by any means. But then, I mean, like, I mean, you could easily... I mean, I'm, I'm not discarding what you're saying, but for the sake of conversation, like, if anyone... Now, in retrospect, looking back, like, if anyone, if I were to play that movie game, I'd say Dave Grohl killed him because Dave Grohl had more to gain. Pat Smear had more to gain because now he's known as a member of Foo Fighters, not as a member of Nirvana. Most people True. wouldn't think of him as a member of Foo Fighters because he's always been a member of Foo Fighters. Right? How did how did uh, Tanya Harding get caught getting Nancy Kerrigan's leg she, she blown She blasted up? her. Oh, because the husband snitched or something. Because yeah. they hired a guy to bust her knee up. And then the husband, I think, snitched after he got caught or something like that. I think it's the movie Rainmaker where Matt Damon's character says in, in every murder situation you make about 25 mistakes and you're lucky if you remember five of them. <laughs> I mean. Well, but and then, okay, so let's go down that road as well. The uh, the Seattle Police Department thinking, oh, it's just another de- druggie. We don't care. We're not going to investigate this. And they really didn't. And there were private investigators that were hired by Kurt's family, Kurt's aunt, I believe. Um, and they found some stuff that just never could go anywhere because the Seattle police weren't cooperating in any way, shape, or form, yeah. um, which is how some of these documentaries got made and how they found the guy that said that he was so, supposedly hired. So, like, I, I've never seen those. Do- I know what you're talking about, the documentaries. I've never seen any of those. So what is the the single – if you have to take one thing out of way, out of, away from those documentaries, mm-hmm. what is the – the smoking gun and the conspiracy. What's the thing that you would use to try to convince me or somebody else? I couldn't else? say that there's one thing. I'd have to say the the whole the, the whole scene, suicide scene, supposed suicide scene, uh-huh. the multiple signature, uh, the multiple handwriting on the uh, on the note, uh-huh. the fact that he was loaded up with enough drugs to kill several people, and how was he supposed to be able to hold a gun that was much much longer than his arm than his but arm? That's what I'm saying. Wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be easier to just make sure that he overdosed rather than to overkill it of him shooting himself on top of overdosing. Well, think about it. How many times has he had he overdosed? No, but I mean, and like, it was fine. But that's easier to cover up, and it's easier if he managed to survive it, you would just do it again because people would assume that would happen again. Oh, maybe, maybe it just needed a little bit more fleshiness for the media so that way it stayed in the media longer and maybe got Courtney some more bucks in some way or some more notoriety and make her seem more of the uh, bewildered and crying widow. I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. it could be several reasons. Maybe so, maybe they, he was already loaded full of drugs to begin with, and he was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And this person was like, here, let me help you out. Yeah. And either so loaded what if it full. what if it was now this is another Oh, trick. and also his stuff was on his chest. Like his What's his stuff? his wallet and his oh, okay. like stuff put was it there. Right, because I mean, if you're gonna blow your so head off with a shotgun, what if, there's gonna be kickback. Okay, so let's say someone did a, someone took part in this. Mm-hmm. What if it wasn't a murder? What if it was euthanasia? Or what if they were as? A, or what if it was an assisted suicide? What if he needed help because he couldn't quite follow through on his own? That's a valid. And a part of that whole thing was to protect the person that helped him because they didn't murder him, but they mm-hmm. helped him accomplish his ultimate goal. To That's an interesting the pain. Take. I've never. I mean, I, I would be more apt to, to go with that because if he goes to somebody who's a loved one or somebody who he trusts or someone who's a confident and says, you know what, this is it. Like, this is the last straw. Like, you know, I barely escaped this last, you know, overdose or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the end. You know, that was an attempt. I was trying to end it and it didn't work. So yeah. it may be because I was afraid or because, you know, I didn't quite have 
whatever the, the fortitude to do that particular thing at that particular time like finish, make sure that it gets done mm-hmm. if in case i can't follow through or you know numb me enough that i don't feel anything and i don't stop you and you help me finish this yeah i mean I, has that been offered up as a, as a i don't think so a, I, I hadn't i've never heard that theory. documentary about that <laughs> nice <laughs> i've never heard that theory but i will say that it could be very valid did you ever watch mario uh, gus van zant's last days no you no, I, that's it? the one. That's the one that I haven't. That's that's the one about Cobain. Yeah, like I want to see that version. one. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them past uh, like, let's see. I think there was Kurt and Courtney, and then there was one other one uh, as well. I can't remember what it was called, but there was a couple, and then there was like a couple of independent ones. I think uh-huh. there was a YouTube video that was like a two-hour-long YouTube video that somebody made. Um, but yeah, Gus Van Zandt. I haven't seen that. I can picture the movie poster right now. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, I did. Is it pretty good? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is it? Like straight up, it's all fictionalized. It's all yeah. It, it's um, more of like a take on like his what the final days would have looked like for him with people coming in and out of the house and his hmm. you know disaffected personality and you know him even playing music by himself you know and then it, it really has very little to do with the actual death other than the fact that they you know kind of. Um, show that final scene nothing there's nothing graphic about it just shows yeah. that he's one minute he's you know alive and then he's not and they show the investigators and stuff coming to the house but everything leading up to that is just conversations with him and other people people around him and stuff like that and um that's a Kinda it's cool. a very gus van zenti yeah you know um piece but uh, i just wondered if you if you'd seen it no no not yet i think i'll have to to check that out And yes, we're staring at Rick. Rick's coming back. Did you get some more beer, Rick? I just Welcome came back, back from the crime scene. Took a couple extra looks. Check the spatter <laughs> patterns and the UV. Well, Thanks. I was going to say, did you, did you get a beer? Did you go visit a food truck? No, I didn't. But I would love to. <laughs> I should have. Well, you are drinking Lone Star right now. I am. I just finished one. National Beer of Texas. It is the, according <laughs> to the, the bottle, the can says National. So beer of there, Texas. there's there's some out there that would say that Lone Star is is less than. What would you say? Uh, I would say it's pretty good stuff. I, don't, I think it's good. I, I actually here's a secret which people don't like to admit. Um, Lone Star's a fabulous beer, but if you put it in a pint glass and put a lime in it squeeze a lime mm-hmm. and put it on the edge of the club the cup it looks and tastes exactly like dos Equis. so then why not just get a dos Equis? cuz lone star is like a dollar 50 and <laughs> dos Equis is like 450 touche touche so <laughs> so i think out of the three of us i think you're probably the closest to the to being the beer connoisseur nope but i enjoy it i drink it probably more than both of you uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because it's something like we talked about uh, before the show. Um, this this kind of culture of things, and it, it, it's cool because we're kind of. I mean, even as older guys, that I consider myself at least out of touch with a lot of stuff that's becoming cool or whatever cool means or whatever is kind of the thing right now. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, there's certainly things that are really like kind of uh, growing and, and taking on a life of their own, and something that's really interesting that you see here. I assume it's kind of come to mass consciousness in the past couple of years is like mm-hmm. this the craft beard thing and 
kind of it being like a almost like a boutique type of thing where there was the old days where we think of like our, our dads or uncles where they drank he was like you drank Miller Lite or yeah, Bud Light or Lone Star Coors and that was it and you know that was even like that kind of had divisions Make among families like this is a Miller Lite family you know yeah. what I mean like and that kind of thing and now uh, obviously we've kind of moved into you know such as the digital age is where you have unlimited options and Mm -hmm. access we're kind of in a more global world (laughs) you know in a lot of ways uh you do have access to these other things so it is interesting you know on a on a small and large level um the this kind of craft beer thing that that that's that's really kind of taken taken hold lately i think a lot of the stuff that i've seen too is sort of a anti-big company movement mm. where it's it's cooler to drink you know beers that are made by you know local brewers or you know right. the craft beer connoisseurs that are putting their heart and soul into it because it's a mom and pop you know soul mm-hmm. and entrepreneur type situation versus you know a Giant you know Budweiser but yeah Budweiser isn't even an American company anymore it's owned by you know InBev which is an international company <laughs> and then that company owns I think like 30 or something more other beer companies thing you could look it wow. up and you could see like um Budweiser will even there'll be like beers that look like they're from craft breweries and they have like these little like brewed in whatever little place and it's actually a Budweiser factory so they're taking advantage of like that craft beer craft movement beer. to get wow. in on that market even though the craft beer market I think occupies like somewhere over like 8 or 11% of the total yeah. beer market yeah. something like that and I watched this. Uh, I watched this documentary on. Uh, I think it was called Beer Wars, and it, it, it was on Netflix when I saw it. And it's really fascinating, along with the little like five or six episode uh, Brewmasters, which has mm-hmm. the uh, Sam Caljone, I think, is the um, founder of Dogfish Head, which oh, okay, uh, cool. are actually pretty good. I actually enjoy those as well. But anyway, the other documentary Beer Wars talks about the three majors and how they do distribution and how certain beers have to work to get put onto a distribution truck and how all the politics and stuff that goes into that and the bureaucracy and how, you know, the lobbyists for big beer companies, the the big three, which is, I think, um, sorry, that was me, uh, Budweiser, Miller, and Coors, I think are the big, the big three. And, um, it was really neat. Like Rick was talking about how there's people who are like, you know, I'm a Miller guy and I'm a Bud guy and Bud Light and whatever. And this documentary, they do these little blind taste tests, and people are like, you know, oh, I've tried Bud Light, and I've tried Coors, but Miller's the only way for me, and that's it. And so they're like, oh, yeah. so you can tell it apart from them? It's like, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's got a very distinct <laughs> flavor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they put, you know, three beers, and they have them, you know, they're just in a clear glass, and they have them try it, and they're like, you know, which one is which? And everyone gets it wrong. It's like yeah. the one they thought, though, this is my Coors, that's my Coors, and like, actually, that's Bud Light. And like, <laughs> you know, because they're like, describe it. It's like, oh, it's really good. And yeah. It starts asking that question of like, um, the beer connoisseurs will say things like, you know, well, you know, Bud Light and Miller Light and Coors Light, that's like introduction to beer. That's really not mm-hmm. a real beer. You're not drinking anything substantial. That's the, for the masses, without any heart, without any flavor, without any right. real ingredients and stuff like that. And so you're just drinking, you know, alcoholic carbonated water. Yeah. And until you try a real craft beer, until you put your real heart and soul and pay that extra money for that you know, blood, sweat, and tears that went into that bottle from, you know, the little company from wherever, right, then you're not really giving yourself a chance to expand your your palate. And so it's neat to see that this culture has really kind of taken over where you still have the dedicated 
bud drinkers and Coors drinkers right. and, and but, stuff like that. But, and then there's another subculture that's basically saying, I refuse to drink it because A, I'm mm-hmm. funding big corporate pockets, and two, I'm not truly experiencing the drink right. for what it's yeah. supposed to be. So it's interesting because, I mean, there's so many different kind of angles to that because, I mean, granted, like, there's, there's people that drink beer because, you know, I mean, they drink a certain kind of beer because that's the beer they can afford. Or, or that's drink, what gets them drunk. Or... Yeah, that's what gets you drunk. And I, I'm assuming I mean, you have different types of people that drink beer for different reasons. I mean, so you have, like, craft beers, for example. I mean, generally, it's not cheap. I mean, mm-hmm. if you buy a pint of it, it's probably going to cost you anywhere between 5 and, like, $9 a, a glass, sure. right? So, obviously, you're not going to sit there and, like, throw them down like you're at a keg party or something. It's, like, it's something you're supposed to sit there. Almost like a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to sit there and you kind of, like, let it sit in your mouth and you appreciate it and you pair it with certain types of foods or whatever. Yeah. And so, that's, that's a different type of mentality than someone who's like hey let's have a good time tonight and i'm gonna throw down like 10 beers as quick as i can and you know get excited and dance and have a party it's it's almost like a completely different thing you know what i mean like you know craft beer in a sense it's kind of almost more like it's it's more akin to like having a wine party a wine mm-hmm. tasting party than it is to having a party where you're drinking out of a keg or you know whatever you know what i'm saying it's a different it's a different mentality kind of you so know? If, yeah. if the goal is to you know see how inebriated you can get then why even waste your time with beer and have the bloated belly and all that and just go right to you know liquor, Hard liquor. Yeah. right you know no, why it's because isn't it more about the social aspect of having that bottle in your hand from start to finish at a party yeah. basically if you're walking around a Beerless. you know a club party or a house party and your hand doesn't have that bottle in it, one of your hands is not occupied with that bottle, and it can't be a near-empty bottle either, then you're basically committing party foul. You're basically, you know, not enjoying yourself as much, and somebody eventually will call you out on it. Somebody will (laughs) spot you, find you, and either put another one in your hand or call you out for not having that one already finished because if it was just about, you know, getting wasted then everybody could start the night by saying right. let's all do five shots well, to get I, the I night think, started and then we don't have to have nothing in our hands we can just go and talk and <laughs> yeah. do whatever I, th- I think for most people most people over a certain age and maturity level like their goal on a good night out isn't to get blasted and not remember the night and get sick right. and, and end up in the dumpster or whatever it just happens um, anyway it just, <laughs> yeah but i think when you get to a certain age you kind of like you know, especially like say we go out to dinner with you know a group of friends or whatever, and and you're not gonna like at this point, that's not usually how the night ends. We don't all end up getting trashed. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. so if you do have a beer, you're like okay, I'm gonna have a nice beer and I'm gonna enjoy it. It's gonna taste good, blah blah blah. And that's probably the only one I'm gonna have. So whatever. Yeah. So I mean, again, it, it's I think it's a matter of perspective. I mean, I, I think kind of what I'm intrigued by by the that kind of craft label or the boutique label thing that we we see place on thing is it it's something you see applied to everything nowadays you know like buy your uh, buy your groceries local Go right to the local organic gluten-free all these things i'm not i'm not dogging in that stuff i'm sure. saying it, it's just it's just a thing it's like i'm assuming you know for as long as people have drank beer people have made their own beer right you know i, I remember like i remember and i remember a point you know probably after high school like somebody we were acquainted with was like oh yeah i brewed my own beer and like the first thought was like that's that's lame you're like <laughs> right you know what i mean and now it, it's it now it's something that's it's like respectable. it's 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 a it's a business you can make money yeah. it, it's a it's not only is it you know 
hip right now it's also a way to make money it's also a way to distinguish yourself it's also mm-hmm. a way to create your own stamp you know and anybody and, can get online and buy a make your own beer kit for 30 to 80 dollars and yeah you know yeah. and you it know? does take a month or longer no matter what you yeah. purchase i've never done it i've always wanted to just for the fun of it but that's the point is stuff is so readily accessible you know yeah. with with that and i think a lot of people that that are champions of the craft beer not just for it supporting local business or, or wherever the business is it might not be local to you but it's local to someone right and you know you're now you're supporting the anti-establishment movement you know anti-walmart anti-big box chains yeah. and you know shop at the local mom and pop grocery store or the farmer's market and i wonder you know i mean again like you were saying you were saying a certain beer is a buck fifty more, and and that's a deal breaker for a lot of people because that money matters, or at least in their mind it matters. Um, same thing with you know looking for cheaper gas by the pennies. You know, right. uh, some people will drive around and waste more gas, right? Looking for it. that for that deal, you know. But some yeah. people, some of the craft proponents will say, you know, having a craft beer versus you know a common light beer of, from one of the majors, it's like the equivalent to having like you know McDonald's burger versus you know a gourmet grilled burger off the the grill that's when you have run into like you know like when you get kind of these labels and stigmas on things where you run into like words like hipster and and cool and all these things because that that's that's kind of where you run into that is it you know if you're if i'm drinking a lone star non-ironically which i i don't drink beer you know lone star ironically i actually enjoy lone star it's not only cheap but i enjoy it you know what i mean but you could be drinking it somewhere, and someone would be like, "Oh, why are you drinking that? You should be drinking this." Blah blah blah, and, and it becomes, um, you know, for lack of a better word, sometimes you run into snobs, right? It's mm-hmm. like there's movie snobs and yeah, music snobs, there's beer snobs, and people are like, "Oh, that shit, you should try this," and blah blah blah. And there's people that are, and don't get me wrong, there's people that are very cool about it. You know, me and Carol were at a a, a boardwalk one night, and we're sitting there, and um, it was just the two of us and and Lincoln, and. Uh, I had a um, uh, oh Lincoln had his star he has a Star Wars collar, and this guy at the next table is like, hey man, that's a cool that's a cool collar, you know, like it's a cool collar you got on your dog, and I was like, yeah yeah man, you know whatever, and he goes, oh check it out, and he shows me like he has like a Millennium Falcon bottle opener, he's oh, like, cool. I'm like oh that's badass, and he's like yeah cool, and you know whatever, and they go back to their own thing. Well, a little while later, and I, you know, he's sitting right behind us, so he's talking about his own beer, he makes his own beer, so he had a in, in a little cooler. And uh, so a little while later, he comes over. He goes, and we were drinking like a uh, like Lining Kugel, like summer shandies. You know, it's hot, so it's nice and light and sweet. And the guy comes over and he goes, "Hey, like, uh, can I, what if I would you guys be up for like me trading you two of my own beers for two of your Lining Kugels?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure." And and part of that connection was because of the Star Wars thing. It's like, "Oh, I know you're cool people because you like Star Wars." Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. It was like the icebreaker, or whatever. Yeah. And he, he goes on and starts talking about his beers. Like, oh, it's a Hefeweizen. It's really good. And you're talking about how he made it and this and that. And it was it was a really cool thing. Like, it was a cool gesture because, one, there was that moment of connection where we there was something that we appeared to have in common, in common yeah. which was kind of the, 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 the groundbreaker or whatever. And then he was cool about something. He wasn't like, oh, whatever you're drinking is shit. You should try this. He was like, hey, like... I can appreciate what you're drinking because it's good, mm-hmm. and why don't you try this? Because I made it and it's good, and it was a really cool. We were both like, "Wow, that was really cool." That guy, you know, it was it was a cool little thing. Like, uh, you know, uh, became a man- anecdote, obviously. But on the same token, I've been places where people had the opposite mm-hmm. effect. We're like, yeah. "Oh, why are you drinking that? That sucks. That doesn't blah 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 this and that." And, and 
to, I mean, and you know me, like, that's the kind of shit that immediately turns me off. If someone tells me how great something is, I immediately go the other way and go, no, nah, it sucks, because it's just annoying. <laughs> it's freaking annoying to me, you know? But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's interesting. It's just, it's interesting to see where, where that goes. I mean, because obviously, yeah, and I'm by no way, like, knowledgeable on all the ins and outs of that industry, but it's it's, it's uh, interesting to see where, like, the legislation with all that goes. And, I mean, I think, of mm-hmm. course, like, I don't think anyone here is going to say it's bad for, you know, local independent people to get their product oh, yeah. out there and have an opportunity to compete in a bigger market. You know, that's, you know, no matter what it is, that's that's a pretty, it's a pretty good deal for everybody. Uh, but it, it, I wonder if, if the kind of, at some point, the bottom will fall out of, of, um, it being the end thing, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, something else that we, we're really into is like we like going to like food truck places, you know, and not and not being like we're food truck people, but it's right. just like for me, it's it's it's, it's easy thing because like the food truck place mm-hmm. we go to, it's Board you know, it's it's BYOB, <laughs> so it's it's economically that's my first thing is like oh I can take a twelve pack of Lone Star over there and I can save myself fifty bucks on and drinks and I can don't feel bad about spending twenty or thirty dollars on you know, really good, local, well-crafted food, you know? And even that's the same kind of thing where, like, there's always been food, you know, food trucks. You know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. a friend of mine was saying the other day, Jimmy was saying the other day, he goes, you know, it's like, you know, and he's like, oh, this food truck thing, he's like, it's cool, but it's kind of annoying because now it's hip and it's cool and blah, blah, blah. He goes, you know, and like, remember, like, when food trucks were, like, the roach coach at the construction site? <laughs> yeah. And that's something you made fun of, and now that's cool. Now that's hip. Now it's cool to do that. And I said, yeah, yeah, no, I get you. I get why, like, you have to kind of, like, we're always in conflict with our culture sometimes, right. you know? And and I a word I really hate, but it's, like, the word, like, zeitgeist, mm-hmm. especially when people use it. Because I'm, like, it's not a word you ever have a reason to use unless you're trying to make people aware that you know what it means. It's you know, a it's conspiracy one... theory film, <laughs> and it's also a Smashing Pumpkins album. Both shitty. <laughs> Well, that's a topic for <laughs> That's true. I won't stand behind pumpkins on that one. <laughs> but <laughs> I bought that for 99 cents at Best Buy in the freaking Clarence Lane. I just try to give it a cent, a chance, but it's it's, well, like it's bad. Um but uh um Mario got me I off, my off train the, Sorry about that. It's okay though. No, no, it's okay. But, but you hate the word zeitgeist. No, but that's what I'm saying is that like it's interesting to see what happens when that's not cool and there's something else going on and i hope i hope that it 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 becomes just a part of the structure of you know our kind of popular culture is that there'll always be food trucks there'll always be craft beer it may not be this thing that's cool and it's a a cool thing to do you know and and i'm a cheapo i mean let me say it like it's not nothing to do with coolness or hipness or whatever i'm just a cheapo and a poor ass so I can't even if I wanted to celebrate <laughs> a lot of these things. You know, like you see these places popping up here, especially yeah. you know here in town now, where you know now like even like food is a craft thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like before, it's like we were kids. You know, we spent all our time in like Taco Cabana, Waterburger, TC, you know, uh, McDonald's, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now as adults, like you know, I'm probably one of our the only person in our group of friends that eats mcdonald's or taco cabana still i see people like oh how could you eat that i don't even eat that anymore i'm like it tastes exactly the same <laughs> as it did 10 years ago and i have exactly the same amount of money in my bank so there's no reason why that should change like i i can't pretend that i can you know spend that kind of spend money. that kind of money somewhere <clears throat> yeah. else you know what i mean so that that's 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 a thing like um i don't know if it, it, either of you see the uh that movie that came out recently uh drinking buddies 
Mm-hmm. It's so it's like uh, Ron Livingston, Anna Kendrick, uh, Jake Johnson, Olivia Wilde. Anyway, it, it's you know it, it's it's a cool because it's a low budget movie. It's kind of like uh, mostly improvised and stuff, but the setting is within the craft craft brewing industry. So it's got mm-hmm. that kind of as the backdrop. I guess the way Swingers had like you know the swing music you know revival was a backdrop and honestly like i I dig it like i like all the actors in it i like joe swanberg's uh stuff that i've seen the director guy uh but it's not a it's not my favorite movie yeah and it's not like i mean i don't like i said again i'm not like by any means knowledgeable in craft brewing but even as an outsider it doesn't make me feel like oh yeah i get craft brewing now because it's kind of just like if they had made a movie about people that worked at a grocery store, it would have kind of been the same thing. You wouldn't yeah. be like, "Oh, I get grocery stores now, man. I get, I get the inside <laughs> track." It's not yeah. really about that. It's like lots of scenes of people talking while going, "Oh yeah, try this beer. It's really good. We just made it." You know what I mean? It's kind of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Again, because I'm not a part of that culture. I'm a consumer, a, a sometime consumer of that culture, but I'm not a part of that culture. You know, I, I don't quite connect with it, but. Okay, guys, just wanted to pop in real quick and uh, let you know that this is an abbreviated show. We originally had three topics. However, uh, we just got exhausted, so we didn't get to record anything additional. Um, So that's why I didn't want to have anything not come out on Mondays. So here's a partial episode, two-thirds. It's coming out a little bit later than usual. Hopefully you all still enjoy it, still continue to follow us, Um, rate us on iTunes, comment on iTunes, download, subscribe. Find us everywhere on social media, and uh, we really appreciate all of the listens. Um, and I uh, hope to see you guys next episode for a full three-topic or at least a full 45-minute or longer episode. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Bye. Today's podcast has been brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash 210localmusic. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.